We are going through this series that I am calling Still Small Voice. And this is all about hearing and discerning the spoken word of God. We've spent two-thirds of our academic year, if you will, focusing on the written word of God. And yet 70 times in the New Testament, we read about God's rhema word. This word that's alive, that's timely, that God speaks to his people. Whether it was during the times when the Bible was written or now. And that's why we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have this little listening exercise and um, Michael will come back up at the end. But one of the things you need to understand, one of the reasons we're doing this like this is to allow you to stretch and learn how to hear God's voice. Because hearing God's voice is about learning what his voice sounds like, right? When my wife calls on the phone and I answer it, I know exactly who she is. If my kids call, I know exactly, they don't even have to say, hi, this is Catherine, hi, this is Michael, hi, this is Mimi. No, I don't, I, I know exactly what their voice sounds like because it's been years of hearing the same voice. And it's the same with hearing God's voice, but we have to engage our minds and listen. And um, so as we're doing this listening exercise, they're taking the words that you send in, the things that come to your mind, and they're praying through those and they're testing those because as I'm going to talk about this morning, it's very important for us to handle these things carefully, whether we're delivering them or we're receiving them. So um, let's, uh, let's start with a few physical illustrations. Curtis, can you throw me one of those boxes? Yeah, these are some of the building blocks for, yeah, it's pretty light, but it's very bulky. Some of the building blocks for positioning ourselves so we can hear God's voice. This one happens to be stillness. Be still and know that I am God, God says. And sometimes you don't have time to sit down for three hours and pray and say, God, would you, would you, would you speak to me? Uh, sometimes it has to be in the moment. And that's why it's so important for us to be able to quiet our hearts, even in the midst of a noisy situation, to be able to understand and hear what God is saying and what he, how he's leading us. And uh, this one right here, this one's my favorite. I'm just going to come get it so that we don't have a box catastrophe. This is my favorite because I think it's the most difficult to maintain, but I think it's the most critical of these four building blocks, and it is humility. Why? Because as we're going to see today, true words from God, and if we're going to share those with someone else, it requires humility. This is about surrender to God and saying, God, I want to hear what you have to say, not let people know what I have to say. Thanks, Veronica. Appreciate it. Perseverance. Perseverance in keeping our eyes on Jesus and fixing our eyes on him, not getting our eyes on ourselves or our circumstances. And this is very critical that we continue to listen, we continue to hear, and we continue to try to learn. And the last one is purity. This is critical as we want to hear God's voice. I had a moment of temptation last night. And I said, I am not going to fall for that enemy. I am not going to, I'm not going to cloud up my connection to God by doing the wrong thing. And so um, these are some building blocks for us. So three quick points today. First is simply that God speaks. I felt like today we need to kind of stop and reset some of the things that have been said. And, and there's been lots of testimonies. And so you get to hear me this morning. 
No other testimonies, and we'll do our listening exercise at the end. But God speaks. This idea that God wants to lead his people. It's not just that he wants to give us laws. In fact, that was really not the plan. Giving us laws in Exodus 20, that was definitely a fallback position because he really wanted us to be in communication. He wanted to get our heart. He wanted to lead us himself. Isaiah 48, 17 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he's always speaking. He's always counseling. He's always helping. He's always leading us, if we're willing, to trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In every way, acknowledge him. and He'll make your path straight. John 16. Of course, the Old Testament's great, but the New Testament is where I live. This idea... But Jesus says, hey, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you once I leave. And he, the spirit of truth, comes. When he comes, in 16, verse 13, he will guide you into all truth. How much truth? All truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. Sometimes he'll reveal the things that are coming. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. God wants to share with us the way to walk, the way to live. He wants to have this heart-to-heart connection with us. There are many ways that we are led by God. Here's some. Visions or deja vus. We'll talk about those later. It's a pretty fun way to, to see how that is actually tied in with sometimes God showing us something. Circumstances. <gasps> but circum... Don't freak out. Don't freak out. We'll talk about all this later in this series. Tweets, dreams, songs, Bible verses, social media, oddly enough, creation, books, even the voice of your child, and the list goes on and on. There's way too many to list. But I'm just making sure you remember that while we're talking about this heart-to-heart spirit communication from God to ourselves, that sometimes we hear, we talk about God's voice a nudge, uh, a leading, a prompting, a moving of the Spirit. Like whatever your words are, there is some kind of movement that's moving you forward that God initiates. So he does it a lot of different ways. But we're mainly mainly focusing on this spirit spirit communication that Mark Verkler says, we must learn to recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts which light upon our mind. Rhema, or the voice of God, is spirit-to-spirit communication where the Holy Spirit, in union with your spirit, speaks directly to you. Thoughts from my mind are analytical. Thoughts from my heart are spontaneous. Let me pause here. This does not mean that we're not being analytical people or thinking we have very reasonable faith. However, there is another side to our brain, the other side that's non-analytical, that side where you get music and creativity. God created both sides of our brain to be able to experience him. And this is the other side of our brain, which some people have said, No, it's too scary. It might get too weird. It might get misused. So therefore, we're going to shut it down. But if you walk into our chapel over here, you'll see a stained glass window 
with a picture of the Bible and a picture of a dove. We are committed to hold to the Word and the Spirit here. We want to be fiercely committed to God's Word, but we also want the Spirit to move. We want His gifts to to operate. We want Him to be speaking. We want to be open. Those two things go together. They're not against each other. A lot of churches, you're going to get one or the other. We're going to hold those two in tension. By the way, it's much more difficult to do that. It's easier to pick one or the other. So, therefore, we stand in the middle and get shot at from both sides as leaders. Okay, this is a slide divinely that you didn't see the first week because somehow I skipped over it. Um, And so I want to bring it back this week because I think there's an idea of true prophecy or true words from God and false prophecy. We read all about false prophecy in the Bible, how we need to be really careful to test, and we should be, and we are very careful to test And be smart and be wise. Use our brains that God has given us. But at the same time, so uh, Mark Verkler put this chart together. I'm going to give him credit because he does great work. Um, He talks about two Hebrew words, Naba and Zaid, or Zid. Um, Naba is this word for true prophecy. It's even in the passage, and I want to look and see where it is here. It's in 1 Samuel 19, where um, David is... Uh, on the run, and Saul is, decides to go send guys out to kill him. So he sends one group out to kill him, and all of a sudden he, they show up and he, they start prophesying. It, bubbling up from this word, Naba, bubbling up from their spirit are these words that are encouraging and blessing and life-giving about God and about David. They're supposed to kill him. They do a worship service. Saul's ticked off. What does he do? He sends another group. Go out and kill him. Second group comes out. Now, these are soldiers, by the way. These are, they're, they show up. What do they do? Naba. It bubbles up. All of a sudden, they're speaking all these life-giving words to David. Saul's ticked off. He sends a third group to go kill them. Same thing happens. You seeing a theme here? Even Saul, who I would not uh, pick as my spiritual advisor, um, he goes finally. He says, I'm going to do it myself. Guess what happens to him? He shows up. He begins prophesying, and then it gets really weird. He prophesies all night, takes all of his clothes off, and lays down on the ground. Figure that out. That for a different day. I'm going to do a series on strange passages of the Bible, and that one should be in there. But what's my point? Even a guy that's not really walking with God, if you will, shows up, and out of his spirit bubbles up these really good things. That'll tweak your paradigm. Like, wait a second, what about purity? He's not living like that. God gets to speak through donkeys. I mean, he'll do anything he needs to do, right? I mean, these are things that we should be running after so we can position ourselves. But God's not, he's not limited to these things. Sometimes when we're the furthest from God, he speaks the loudest because he has to. has to get our attention. So this idea of true prophecy, Naba, bubbling up, it's uh, gushing up. And this posture is what Michael was saying earlier, to fix our eyes on Jesus and to tune in. Jesus, what is it that you have to say? I was uh, driving to work this morning and saying, Lord, what attributes do you want to highlight that you have today? And all of a sudden, patience. Patience, what do you want to say about patience? And the first thing I said was, I I heard was, I have to be really patient with you. (laughs) Yeah, you do. 
thanks for doing that, right? And he's giggling, I think. Why? Because God's got a great sense of humor. Well, maybe you're imagining that. Okay, let's just unpack that for a second. Let's say I was imagining it. A divine imagination, redeemed and my spirit fused to the Holy Spirit. And me giving God credit for being patient to me. Does that sound like a good thing? It sounds like a great thing. It sounds like prayer. It sounds like worship in my car on the way to church today. So that's true prophecy bubbling up. False prophecy, Zed, is to boil up. This idea is uh, he boils up his prophecy. He's cooking it up. He's fixing his eyes on himself, his own desires. Can you imagine if you were praying uh, and you're saying, Lord, I, I really need a car, and now I'm just going to pray and fixate on a Ferrari. And Lord, I believe that, oh, you're speaking to me that I'm gonna, a Ferrari is going to be coming in the mail, yes. And, and all of a sudden, I begin just focusing on my own thing, right, and saying, God, whatever you want to do, if you want to send me uh, a Volkswagen Beetle or a, a bicycle or a scooter, it, it just, it's, I just submit to you instead of cooking it up. Um, this, uh, this is in De- Deuteronomy 18.20 where it talks about a prophet cooking up prophecy and that prophet actually should be put to death. That passage for another story, another time. So a few things to clarify here. What's our part? Listening and watching. How do we pray? We pray devoting ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, Colossians 4.2 says. We're always watching to see what God's doing, where he's answering, whether he's healing, even Tammy's hands to the, this last week. Asking God questions. Last week, if you were here, I did a, a very interesting exercise uh, with my friend Stephen Diaz. And immediately in the middle of it, I hijacked your exercise, sorry, because I got so excited that I saw Cookie Monster in my head. And in the midst of it, Stephen said, Andrew, you should ask God, why are you seeing this picture of Cookie Monster? And you think, oh, that's so silly. But no, it's like, I, want, I believe that God can speak through anything. And so, Lord, what is it? And immediately it came to my mind. And if you remember, I stepped up, I watched it on, online. I'm like, what did I say? Because I didn't even think about what I said. I stepped up and I delivered the word. And then I looked at Stephen like, what just happened? God didn't take care of, didn't take over my mouth. I heard something and I started stepping out and saying, I think this is what this means. And it just rolled out. The rest of it rolled out. Does that make sense? I wasn't a robot that God took over. I was allowing him to speak and I had to take a, I had made a gutsy move to stand up and go, I think this is what Cookie Monster means. Does that make sense? I don't want to cook up something, but I want to be open to the bubbling up that God has. So, we listen, we watch, we ask questions. God, what does that mean? And he, the questions are huge in this, guys. More on that later. We got to remove noise if we can. To pray and focus on Jesus. That just is so helpful. When I'm distracted, I just, just picture Jesus. Just start telling him things that I want to say about what he, what, who he is. A humble posture and just believing that God is speaking. Because some of you, that's, it's really hard for you to think, oh, well, he speaks to everybody else, but not to me. But that's not true. I believe he's always speaking. Our thoughts can come from three different places. It can come from our own mind. It can come from God. And yes, your thoughts can be influenced seriously by the enemy of your soul. This is why in verses like Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world 
rather than on Christ. We've got to be smart about what we put into this brain of ours, and we need to take our thoughts captive. There's another verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 that says, take your thoughts captive. Because there's some thoughts that are not your thoughts, and they need to be, nope, we're going to put that one away. So, some have real concern about hearing God's voice if you start Googling you will see, oh, well, this is just a new age thing. See, the new age movement has moved into the church. Let me give you a little compare contrast really quick, shall we? What do we believe? The God of the Bible is the God of the universe. A new ager, God is not the God of the universe. We believe salvation is by the blood of Jesus. A new ager would say there's no need for salvation. The Bible, we believe that Bible is in the inerrant word of God originally given, and the Bible, they would say Bible is not the word of God. We believe we should be students of the word. Like, oh, you don't need a Bible. You don't need it. You can just, just freewheel it. We believe all spirit encounters must be tested against the Bible. They would say, you don't need to test against the Bible. We believe we should be connected to the body of Christ, other believers. They're like, you don't need to be linked to anybody. We believe that God is a repeating God. He will confirm what he's spoken to us. New Ager believes that there's not one God who speaks to us. There's a whole bunch of things that can speak to us, which is partly true. Jesus is the only way we believe, John 14, 6. They would say all roads lead to God. We believe that there's wisdom in consulting with mature Jesus followers <clears throat> as we try to test words. They would say, you don't have to consult with anyone. You start to see a pretty serious contrast between what we believe and where we stand and what the New Ager would say. This is really important stuff, but I, before we get any further, I just want to root this and ground it for you. So, Spiritual advisors, here's one of my spiritual advisors, that good-looking guy right there, just spent some time in Dubai with every nation in attendance. He got to speak. Can't wait to hear that testimony. Oh, gosh, that's so fun. A spiritual advisor. As we're learning how to hear God's voice, we need to be able to have some wise counsel around us. So perhaps a close, trusted friend, one who has a solid biblical foundation, one who's also sensitive to the voice of the Spirit in their own heart, one who's committed to you. One who is relating to other spiritual advisors in, of themselves, right? They're seeking out help in, in, in discerning what God is saying. And maybe they're equal or a few steps in front of you on the path. You don't have to find Yoda. Yoda Yoda's not coming to church. So, but it's important for you to walk with someone so that we can test these words and do the right thing. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, years ago, when John Nock was on staff here, uh, Johnny and I, um, I had this, this dream one night, and it was very powerful, and I thought it was from the Lord, and it was a dream about my wife dying. And I was so freaked out. I thought, oh no, maybe the Lord is warning me that my wife is going to die. So I knocked on John's office door. I said, will you walk with me to the island? I just need to run this by you. I don't want to have anyone here else hear it. Okay. So he sounds a lot smarter than that, actually. So, um, so John, okay. So, so John and I, you know, walked down to the island. That's right, Charlene. Thank you for sending this to him. Um, John and I walked down the island and I tell him what's going on. I, John, I, I feel like the Lord is showing me this. And he says, you know, Andrew, let's just pray about that for a second. So we pray for, for a minute. 
He says, tell me what's the fruit in you about this word? I said, oh, I'm so anxious. I can hardly sleep. I'm just sweating bullets. I am just so fearful. I'm so upset. He said, does that sound like the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? Actually, no, it doesn't, John. He said, yeah, I don't think that's the Lord. And I just felt like a thousand pound monkey came off my back because I was carrying this monkey. Now, I only carried it for a couple days before I realized I don't need to carry this monkey any longer. But that spiritual friend helping me understand what was true was so helpful. So, so helpful. Thank you, John Knock. Love you. So, we're talking about hearing God. But I want to talk about hearing for yourself. My hope in this series for the first month was just really to focus on just hearing for yourself. I'm not hearing for others, but we kind of rolled ahead of ourselves. So I'm pulling it back a little bit. And as we think about hearing for ourselves, there's a few things about testing and, and understanding this. I, I've said it several times. I'm going to say it again. It must not contradict Scripture. It doesn't mean that it has to be in Scripture, right? You get, a, you get some kind of word about um, drinking a soda on a beach or something like that, right? You don't go, oh, it's not in the Bible. Sodas aren't in the Bible. No, that's not the idea. The idea is that it doesn't contradict any timeless truth that's in the Scripture. If it does, if it contradicts the nature of God and the, writ- the clear written logos of God, it's got to get thrown out, Right? Oh, two, it should move you to love God and love others more. Easy. It should bear good fruit, Galatians 5. You should submit it to wise counsel. You're starting to see some themes here, yeah? And then you should ask God and pray for more revelation and confirmation and clarity. God is a repeating God. He loves to show you over and over and over. I watched a little bit of Bruce Almighty the other night. Have you ever seen that movie before? And he says, uh, I need a sign, Lord. And like everywhere he looks, he sees something that's, that's saying that. And then a whole truck full of signs in the back of it. And God is like that. He's repeating God. He doesn't want us to miss anything. Well, so, so since we got a little bit ahead of ourselves, let's talk about hearing for others. Because I think this oftentimes we're... This is where things can get real weird. The goal of hearing God's voice isn't just to hear for others and deliver messages. The goal is for you to get close to Jesus and to be able to hear him. But there is this spiritual gift called prophecy. It makes me think of one of my favorite books, and that is the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Here's Father Christmas who shows up. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And he encounters these three kids, and he pulls out these gifts. And he says, these are gifts for you. These are tools, not toys. He's giving out swords and daggers and a bow and a horn and, a, and a, a, the, the oil of the fire flower, which brings healing. Oh, so good. And... I I can imagine Peter getting this sword and just, you know, just start whipping it around, right, recklessly. And I think sometimes this gift can be like that. It can be a little reckless. Now, I've got a couple couple things to show you here. So, you can build a house a couple ways. 
You can build a house with one of these. It's going to take you a long time, and your arms are going to be massively strong. But you can do it, right? Or you can use one of these, and it goes a lot faster. Same house, more power. More power. <laughs> right? Now, it's interesting, unless this has a power source, and it doesn't, I mean, it's got a battery, but I'm pretty sure that I have not connected to power recently with this. So just because you have a tool like this doesn't mean that you can use it unless you have power, right? And the illustration is clear. As we look at this gift of prophecy, this is a power tool. You don't just give this to anybody and say, do whatever you want. There is wisdom necessary. But it, you wouldn't say that's a bad tool. Don't ever use that. Right? Some people in some churches are so afraid of prophecy because it's been misused. And it has. And it's been misused here. As the shepherd of this house, it's been one of my jobs to make sure that this gift remains a positive thing. Right? Now, 1 Corinthians 14, just a few verses here. I uh, follow the way of love, Paul says, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Whew, that sounds like he might eagerly desire. That's a pretty strong word. Especially this gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Okay, we'll talk about tongues a different day. It is a valuable gift. We heard a, actually a... A quick testimony from Kayla Rogers about that. And the most amazing thing about that testimony, if you didn't catch it, was when Kayla was praying in tongues over her friend, there were words in that person's mother tongue that she was hearing and recognizing. I don't know if you heard that or not. So just to highlight that, that makes it even more like, whoa, okay, Lord, you're big. So, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Those words that you're sending in on the app or on text, they're strengthening, encouraging, comfort. Verse 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, builds themselves up. But the one who prophesies edifies the church, others. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Whoa, sounds like Paul really is into the spiritual gifts thing. He really wants us to actually live these things out. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so the church may be edified. So what's happening here? Don't get into the weeds with me. Just hang in there. This is not about better or best gifts. This is Paul saying, these are great things, guys. When this happens, when this works, it's powerful. When we were doing youth ministry, we, um, we were trying to figure out how kids would stop gossiping. And it's so hard. It is so hard. The Lord gave us this idea. Put a chair in the middle of the room, put one kid in there, and just explain to everybody else in a circle, okay, now we're going to speak encouraging words. We're going to tell them what's true about them. We didn't say, we're going to speak prophetic words from God. We just said, let's just encourage this person. Well, so then I said, let's just be quiet for a minute. Just, just be thoughtful. Maybe ask the Lord, would, would he show you something? All of a sudden, these, these kids start saying things. And at first, like, you have nice shoes. 
your hair is nice. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're really kind to people who are downtrodden. And you can just feel it like we just downshifted into something else. Like, oh, oh, it, got, it just got really real. I love the fact that you listen to me every time you got a problem. Right? And this person's like, you see me. Love me. And for years, all kids wanted to do at the end of youth group, can we do life-giving tonight? Can we do life-giving tonight? Like, they don't want to play games. They want to go to in and out They don't want to do other things. Like, can we just do life-giving, please? Why? Because they just, they, you could just feel the life was just being poured into these kids. By the way, that works in any situation. You can try it at your family. Try it at your next birthday party. It's fantastic for the person who's having a birthday. Just go, hey, we're just going to speak some life-giving words. Then those of us who are fused to the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Lord's going to show you something. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. He says this about you. Don't do that. Don't, don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. You don't have to. Why? Because it's about encouragement. So, testing. God told me to tell you. How about we don't use that around here? How about we say, I've got a sense of this. God, I think God is showing me this. God's leading me to, to pray this way. Is this, does this make any sense to you? Oh, but you're going to lessen the impact. No, you're not. You're going to humbly submit it. Why? Because you, anyone who gets a word can reject it. You are totally free to reject a word. Why? Because at some point you're going to get a word that's not a good word, right? And you got to reject it. You gotta, no, I'm not going to receive that word. You don't have to be rude and kick them in the shins. No! You just go, thanks. I, no, that's, nope, Sorry. Safety is important. That's why we test words and we're learning to listen. And, and then specificity, right? So this is not just about like, someone just told me my social security number. That's, that's cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that's, that's not really the purpose of prophecy. So I'll talk about that in a second. Put a pin in that. Don't get offended. Somebody's just, somebody in this room just, you just are on the edge of offense. Leave it for a second. I'm going to get there. Um, prophetic words are like water station. I've run half marathons. Man, you take water every single time. You're so thankful. Like, oh, so refreshing. Or getting a puzzle piece that you really need to be able to, oh, that's part of the picture. Oh, I get it. I've been missing that piece. Or a key that unlocks and moves you into a new place, right? So um, there are different kinds of words. First uh, Corinthians 12 now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through a spirit of the word of wisdom. To another, a message, a word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. So, word of wisdom is what, what it sounds like. All of a sudden, oh my goodness, I, I hadn't thought of that. And you were praying for me and you said, this came to your mind and you prayed it and I heard it and I'm going to go do that. Not because thus saith the Lord, but because it was just this gift of wisdom to you. If anyone lacks wisdom, God wants to give out wisdom, right? But the other thing is a word of knowledge. This idea of knowing something. Here's a little definition I found. A word of knowledge is simply the Holy Spirit downloading his specific knowledge to us on something that we would have no natural ability to know through our own knowledge. Okay, so this is when God shares something with someone that helps you go, oh, God sees me. Oh, God loves me. He loves me so much, he would share that obscure thing with that person who had no idea. 
Oftentimes this happens when someone's praying for you and you don't say anything because you're like, oh wow, that was really, that was really right on. How did that person know that my sister was going through that? They didn't know and they still might not know. But God was leading them to show them something that they wouldn't ordinarily know. Now, don't get stuck on this, by the way. This isn't the whole of prophecy. This, this uh, word of knowledge, I believe, is oftentimes to help us feel loved, but it's, it's just to get our attention. Because then usually after the word of knowledge, then, then you're going to get the real word that God wants you to, to live into for the hope, for your identity, for understanding how you move forward. So if we fixate on this word of knowledge, we miss it entirely. It's a great gift. It's a word, but it's not the totality of this gift, right? So quick protocol. We have protocols, by the way, on our website for prophecy and how they work and how we do it here. Um, We invite you to see that and do that. Um, And we'll have Michael come up next uh, to talk about listening exercise. So wherever you are, Michael, be ready for that. Um, First of all, attitude check. Check your attitude before you go deliver a word. Do you have an offense against that person? Is there something else that's going on? Is there a reason why you might be all sideways? Just check your attitude. Second, no dates, no mates, no babies. And yes, we have had people here give words about babies that were never born and never happened. How painful is that when you are in the struggle of barrenness and someone comes to you and says, this is what's happening. And you're like, um, I'm not pregnant and I know I'm not pregnant and I'm trusting God, but you're making it worse, right? Or on such and such a day, this is going to happen. We don't do that. That's not how it works. If for some reason God were to show you something like that, you come to the pastor. Oh, that'd be me. You share it with me. We'll pray on, pray on it with it together, Right? Um, you pray before delivering a word. Lord, I really want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. We don't give prescriptive or directive words here without filtering them through leadership. Why? Because it would be really easy for you to say, God wants you to sell your business. And you're just flapping your gums, right? And all of a sudden you go and do that and your life goes into financial disaster, Why? Because this is about a community walking together, about spiritual advisors, about you praying together. Sometimes a word will open up your mind to think, oh, maybe I need to consider that. It's the first time you think about it and you you watch for confirmation. Other times you'll get a word and it's like, oh, that's that's the 80th time someone said that. Like I keep getting words about writing a book and I'm like, this is terrifying to me. This is terrifying. I don't want to write a book. People don't read books anymore. They look at screens and stuff. But the Lord keeps bringing this up. There'll be a time when that happens. I don't have to be in a hurry. I don't have to go and like make it happen. In fact, if you try to make it happen, see what happened with Abraham and Hagar and Sarah back in the Old Testament. It doesn't work out well, right? So um, last thing, Michael, come on up. Um, Only deliver the word. Don't interpret it. Don't apply it for someone. This is so tempting to break this rule. Because your interpretation may not be correct. Just like when we did Bible study, we did observation, interpretation, application. When you deliver a word, you're just giving the word. You allow the other person then to work that out with the Lord. Okay, hopefully this was helpful as uh, we were kind of just wrapping up lots of loose ends for the, for the first four weeks. And we'll, we'll dive into some of these things. And um, 
I was talking really fast this morning. I recognize that. So I'm sorry if your ears got tired. Um, but I'm really passionate about this. There is nothing more important to me in this season than this. I got a word about our church and about this season that the way to break through in this season is through powerful intercessory prayer. So hearing God is part of that piece, right? Prayer is a two-way conversation. I want to remind you about 530 Pray, Wednesdays noon to one. I want to remind you about prayer with a Bar- Marion and Abuna, Tuesdays, seven o'clock, right there in the fellowship hall. No, fireside room. Just go over there. So, Michael, who are we, who are we listening for? What's going on? Well, today we're listening for you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I was in a worship Great. service Friday night at City Light, which was very powerful, by the way. And uh, I just felt like we were supposed to do this for you okay. today. So, um, first of all, great job, you guys. I saw some of you guys step out and take some risks. Um, it's getting harder and harder because some people are starting to hear and share more clearly, but longer stuff. So that's okay. I like the challenge. I think it's worth it. Um, so just know that even if I didn't mention something or, or all of what you said, he's going to read it all afterwards. This is his app that we're using, so he gets to check it all out later. So don't trip. All right? So uh, Andrew... There were lots of themes. So there's themes of favor and growth and family and restoration and protection. Themes of water and flying. Um, connected to things like peace, freedom, rest in Christ, sun, light, reach. Um, the, word, the words that we pulled out come together like this. You are loved by God you are his beloved child. Um, he delights in you. You're his delight. And the Lord is inviting you to stand under his waterfalls to receive his cleansing, refreshing his strength, to drink of him the water of life. And there is peace in this flow, the river of peace. And Jesus is your captain. Someone had sailing ship imagery. Captain of your heart, taking you on a trip with him. And the Holy Spirit is the wind in your sails. And you're leveling up in your spiritual skills. I think I know who said that one. Um, There's joy in the adventure. Um, There were several references to joy for you. A picture of jewels. Um, As we prayed into that, uh, we feel like that has to do with revelation, perspective, and new facets of himself and things he wants to teach and reveal to you. Um, Someone had an image of you standing on the front of a train and felt like it had to do with power, which was cool. So there's another piece to that you can lean into as well. Um, There were a couple different references to the lion of the tribe of Judah. One in particular connected that to the heart of David and being a voice um, for the weak or for the people who need to be defended uh, or covered and protected. And um, you are a protector and a voice for the Lord. Uh, an invitation for you to give your burdens to him, um, to not be thinking about what you need to do, but to be in him. Uh, several flying images. Um, one was about dandelion seeds and freedom, including reach and impact. Um, m- multiple people talked about Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll let you unpack all of that. 
salvation, healing, provision, and deliverance, and some other things for you, your family, your household. Um, Honey from the Rock was one of my favorites. I like that imagery. Uh, that there's a fresh breath for you, a fresh beginning for you. I also heard that this morning when we were introducing this. Um, revelation. Oops, hold on. I think I wrote it wrong. Well, you'll see it. But revelation, restoration, restitution. There was one more and I wrote wow. it down wrong. Authority, agility, and vision. Uh, references to your friends. Hmm. And uh, a couple different contexts for those. Lots of grace for you. And there was uh, a statement about you being a peanut butter and jelly person. Are you a peanut oh, butter? Oh, totally. All the time. 100%. Awesome. <laughs> I may or may not have had several meals of peanut butter and jelly this week. So there you go. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you guys for that. And I'm looking forward to reading through those. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes when you get a word like that, it's a lot, so you have to sit down and pray and ask the Lord to unpack it. But immediately I can tell you, uh, this vision of standing under a waterfall is something I've prayed for a lot of times before. So whoever that is for you, that you are absolutely right on hearing. Peanut butter and jelly, also bullseye. Pretty good, um, But um, this is a new season for me, and there are things that are leveling up for me, even in my songwriting, which was such a blessing. Thank you for singing that song. It, there is nothing, nothing in this world, the heart of David, is that there's nothing like writing a worship song and watching God's people sing it. It is, it is other world, it is heavenly, it's otherworldly, right? So in this season, those are things that I'm stepping into, but I'm also learning to orchestrate music. So I'm writing, on, I'm writing my fourth piece of orchestral music, which I don't have any training for. I'm learning how to do. And it's, I'm hearing the music of heaven. So. Oh, yeah. So one of the, on that note, one of the words that someone saw was the Lord pulling on your ear and saw rainbows coming out of your ears. And they, they also offered an interpretation for that. But uh, in light of what you just said... That might have I, to do with that. I don't think I need their interpretation. I think I know what's going on. All right. Um, thank you. Um, if you'd stand, prayer folks, thank you, Michael. Uh, prayer folks, if you'd come forward, uh, we want to invite you um, to have a posture of receiving this morning. Uh, there's been really fun prayer going on, mostly because our people down front are empowered to listen to God's voice and to pray what they're hearing. And I think that's really important. And it's been, I keep hearing great stories about people who have come down for prayer. So, I want to invite you to come for prayer, um, and I've got a closing prayer for you here. Can we pray it all together? Let's see if I can pull it up here. There we go. It is a Celtic prayer that I love, uh, so we're going to pray this together. Ready? I weave a silence onto my lips. I weave a silence into my mind. I weave a silence within my heart. I close my ears to distractions. I close my eyes to attractions. I close my heart to temptation. Call me, O oh God, as you stilled the storm. Still me, O oh God. 
Keep me from harm. Let all tumult within me cease. Enfold me, O God, in your peace. So wrap us up, Jesus, with your peace today. You are Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Lion of Judah, the one that roars and sings over us. May you release your authority, your power, uh, your purposes this day in us and through us. For our city's sake and for the kingdom's sake, we say yes and amen. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Go in peace, and we will see you next week.